Hey, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday Edition. Now, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the most recent episode on, um, Way of the House Husband. I did not, I, I guess I should have expected it to do really well, since the last time I did something on just dragging a show that was out was, um... Like, I went into it being like, this is this is a terrible show, and you should never, and you should just know, just know um, was Black Clover, and that that episode still does consistently pretty well. It's still, top, it, I think it still tops in my top ten of the, of the podcast overall, but on this, on today's Sunday edition, I want to talk about adaptations and, um, and anniversary projects. So, what... One of the things that makes anime different from other kinds of media in its same sphere, like um, Western cartoons or um, even normal traditional live-action TV shows, is that Anime often, like, because anime is, a lot of anime, at least, is not an original production. Um, If you look at, but also, the anime that are original productions are usually pretty well known and usually do, do pretty well and are, and lots of times are of, of, really high quality because they are specifically designing the story for animation. Um, if you look at if you look at Wave the House Husband, which we just which I just talked about on last week's episode, on um this week's third day um normal third day episode, the big problem there is they didn't really add much to the story of Way of the House Husband. And that includes straight up barely animating it. So it ends up feeling flat if you've watched if you've read the manga. And you can tell who's read the manga and you can tell who hasn't because the jokes are hitting people for the first time and they're just or the character of um Toro Jiro is hitting people for the first time. They're like, holy shit. Whereas if you read the manga, it's all there, but it's less... Because you expect manga to be an active form of entertainment, which means that you're participating in moving the entertainment forward in your head. Um, Just a quick aside, active entertainment is when you, the viewer, have to do something to make, to, like, it, to make the entertainment work, meaning, that means reading, video games, um, stuff like that, whereas passive entertainment usually takes one action that is hitting play, that's things like music, podcasts, 
um, movies, TV shows, that kind of stuff. But, um, because you're already in an environment with active entertainment, where you're expected to participate, your brain is set up for less surprise, so to speak. But, in most ad- in most adaptations of things, you are either adding something or you are subtracting something that was or wasn't there, um, or wasn't or was there. So a great example of this is um, actually Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan is a good thing as an adaptation because if you've ever read the Attack on Titan <laughs> manga especially in the beginning of that thing homie does not know how to draw like the the guy is bad at drawing he has a he has a great understanding of how he wants to tell his story but like his drawing skills they ain't it they ain't it, man. They they ain't there at that point. I understand he gets better, but never quite... Like, he's never gonna be, um... He's never gonna be, like, somebody who will pen something like Yu Yu Hakusho or Hunter Hunter. <laughs> and... On, on that note, you go look at the anime, and the anime is gorgeous. Like, they, they clearly reinterpreted those character lines, took what he had, and, like, brushed up and cleaned it up and made it, and, like, corrected anatomy mistakes and all that stuff, and, um, took it and made it look good. But, um, they they kept the story mostly the same, including... Including, ooh, the surprise in the basement. It was an, it was anti semitism all along, um, which I don't know how they, I don't know how they self corrected for. If I'm honest, like I just I I really don't know, um, but because they clearly did, um, but the and I I don't watch I don't, I gave up around the boulder on Attack on Titan. If I'm honest. Like I'm just like I'm, I'm not sure I'm here for this man. <laughs> and also, like up to that point, I had this thing of like, I feel I, I, I can feel that something anti-Semitic is gonna happen and it's gonna be bad and I'm gonna get out now. Don't. don't. I had a friend who was like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about?" I'm like. All of the hero characters have German names. And one of them can turn into a giant monster so he can fight other giant monsters who seem like they are rebelling because they're repressed somehow. This was, like, full-on years before they made that story, before they hit those story beats. And... (laughs) The guy I told this to was somebody I was friends with um from from back in high school. He looked at me like he's like, I'm gonna keep watching this but I can feel it in my soul that you're probably right. 
like yeah right like you look at it and all the all the pieces kind of fit together to make this nightmare puzzle but anyway so that's the a um example of an adaptation adding something where it it just it just wasn't there to begin with if you've a, a really great example of this stuff is any kind of music manga so uh, the bet the best one i always think of is um beck mongolian chop squad so if you look at beck the manga it's this i think it runs for like it runs for a long time considering i forget how many chapters it goes to but it the manga does this great job of like being a celebration of the world of music and the world of indie music and the way indie music intersects with, like, the, like, super professionalized pop and rock, like, world. I mean, they they have characters there who are, like, clear references to current artists, but the anime doesn't get the anime adaptation of Beck doesn't get all that because it only goes to it only goes to like the first third of what that story is what the ad- anime adaptation does it gives you a by um by like seeking out the pillows and really refining the sound, it gives you, even in the English dub, where they overdubbed all the music because they felt like they needed to, it gives you this, the sound of that world. And if you go read the manga, there's a, there are multiple scenes where Koyuki, where Koyuki is, starts singing and you just see God rays. And they don't... Because they're limited by, like, oh, we need voice actors who can also sing, they, um, they're limited by their, like, ability to find somebody who can sing really well, who can sing decently well, and can, will, is willing to voice act. Not like Rihanna, because you can't afford Rihanna. But it, it really pulls, it really pulls you further into the, like, mythos of that show because you're giving characters voice and sound and, like, skill with guitar and all that stuff where the manga, because manga, like, doesn't, um, manga can't do that part. It can't have a literal voice that you hear. Um, another great, another great version of this that is admittedly from my childhood is if you've ever seen, um, the, so, so it, if, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen FLCL, not the, like, weird reboots that are middling to bad, but the... Um, the original, and the thing with the original ads that the manga just doesn't, can't have, is it adds this, like, punk rock, cool-ass soundtrack 
from the pillows. And that adds this kind of... That adds that, like, punk rock, slightly edgy sound to the... To the... To the kind of frantic pace of the storyline, which is largely from the manga. The, the stuff they left out of the manga that they didn't adapt. But it's, it's nothing significant. And it feels... It feels, um, it, it feels really interesting and cool, and if you have, if you have access to the manga and the soundtrack for FLCL, I, I encourage you to do the big brain move and listen to the soundtrack and read the manga, because that's, that's a good time. It should be, if you can do that, you should do that, is what I will say. Um, but... The other thing I want to talk about here, because it's along the same lines, is um, ad- is um, anniversary projects. And the reason why I want to talk about anniversary projects is because whenever whenever a manga makes the jump to anime, what essentially is happening is you are you're turning that you're taking that IP and you're moving it forward in the world. And what and what I mean by IP, intellectual property, is something very similar to um to video games and even some movies did do this. So if you if you remember when um Spider-Verse um won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature, I, the the next day, the next day they released a, like, special Oscar-winning edition of that movie. <laughs> Which is just the movie with all the same special features, but now it's got a little, like, best animation Oscar-winning, like, plaque on the f- on the front of it in the bottom right-hand corner. <laughs> and that's something that lots of um, movies certainly do, lots of video games and lots of video games certainly do. Like, in video games that don't win any Game of the Year awards go and put Game of the Year edition on the cover. Some of them get cheeky and have fun with it, but lots of those do that. And in the same way, anime tends to um, have little celebrations of well-known or highly regarded or infamous even IP at certain points. So if you look at um, Megalobox, Megalobox is an anniversary project for Ashita no Joe. I, I talked about that before. Um, where they've changed a lot, they've um, updated it, certainly. And they, and because these anniversary projects are for well-known or historically important or um, influential series, they tend to get they tend to get a lot of money. <laughs> the reason why I ended up wanting to talk about adaptations and um and uh anniversary projects is because I watched the like anniversary movie for um what's it called? For uh City Hunter. And to be clear, I'm actually gonna talk about it on the show. But I was like on the um third day show. But I was I was stunned by how 
gorgeous the whole thing was. By how clearly they had gotten, like, a ton of money to put to put the thing together and to animate the shit out of it. You can go watch you can go watch the um City Hunter movie um on Retro Crush right now literally for free. I deeply encourage you to do it even if you've never seen Hit City Hunter. It's just a great action movie. It's just a great fun action movie. It's a, got some 1980s pervy humor, but that's part of the City Hunter, like, package, so just know that going in, <laughs> and it, it occurred to me that the reason why things like Megalobox and City Hunter get so much is because there's an established fan base, and it can, like, that stuff can do, that stuff has a ceiling it can hit, and as a ceiling it will always hit, but if you break through that ceiling, you will, or it has a, I guess the best, better way to say it, it has a, it has a ground that's higher than normal, because there's people who just go see it, because the city hunter thing, or there are people who just go see it because they watched or read the first Ashida no Joe, and that encourages you to update it, to Make it something that's relevant, f- that feels relevant for a modern, for the modern day. So, give you an idea, um, spoiler alert for the City Hunter movie, I guess. The City Hunter show very clearly takes place in the 80s. And so, there's nothing like toy drones or any of that stuff out there for, um, out there for a while after the show goes on goes on the air. So the movie is all about like automated warfare and weaponizing like and weaponized drones and all this other madness. And it it does a great job to update it and bring it into like the twenty first century without having to mess with the characters so much. In the same way that um Megalobox using, like, basically um, power armor-assisted boxing as a stand-in for boxing and then telling the Ashida no Joe story, and, but also altering the ending, is a great way to update and modernize the Ashida no Joe, like, storyline as a thing. And I just I just thought it was really interesting because what's basically happened is the this stuff has been adapted from a manga and has existed for long enough where it's gained yet another new floor of fans and then instead of just making the adaptation and adding not much to it or making the adaptation poor or making a adaptation poorly, they can, because they did it well the first time, they're given an opportunity to get to an anniversary project. If you look at something like Way of the House Husband, you're not going to get, like, that's not going to make it to 10 years and they're going to do a 10-year anniversary project, most likely. I would be stunned 
it, it like it's barely animated for its first attempt. And um, now they could make a remake of it. I would love a remake of Way of the House Husband, where it's like well animated, but I don't think that that's gonna happen. <laughs> I just don't think that's gonna that's how that's gonna go. Um, but I just wanted to run through my thoughts about it because I thought I thought it was interesting that like and oftentimes as well remakes and uh, adapt and adaptations and um anniversary projects in anime bring more people into the fold because they grow the fan base because if everybody's going to see the City Hunter movie and it looks like it looks it just animates like butter of course you're going to go see it it's a beautiful thing but also adaptate um anniversary projects are oftentimes like pokes and usually successful pokes at restarting a series um that's what happened with the Digimon Tri movie with the Digimon Tri movies it's that they they hit so hard and so well that that's like it was like wait a minute why did we stop Digimon in the first place and everybody was like it ran out of steam and they're like are you guys sure are you guys sure we just didn't fuck fuck around with the property too much and people hated it not that like the original one ran out of steam if we stayed with the original one it seems like we would still be printing money we should continue to print money off of this franchise now that we've brought it back. And on that note, um, if you like this show, uh, there are new episodes come out every Sunday and Thursdays. Sunday is Sunday editions like this where I talk about something metatextual, something outside of just like talking about a show or anime or an anime or an anime movie. Um, and Thursdays are literally like review shows where I puzzle through my thoughts on anything from Way of the House Husband to um Hunter X Hunter to um Black Clover, um stuff like that. Um and on on th- on that note I will I have been Alex, you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition, and I will talk to you on third day.